0: That was La Fiesta, Stan Getz, from his album Captain Marvel with the very young Chick Corea on piano. And when Chick Corea passed away last week, I knew I had to get my professor of musicology on board here at WPKN, Bobby Sanabria. So my guest this afternoon is one Bobby Sanabria. He's band leader, teacher, professor, DJ at WBJO on Friday nights. And now I think a good friend of mine. And I <laughs> brought him on here to talk about the great late Chick who just passed away. You know, I have to tell you, Bobby, that the other night, a weird thing happened. I was listening to music, getting ready for my radio show and stuff like that. And I'm put, I put on this compilation disc, and the last track... I'm going, that sounds like Chick Corea. And I go over and look at it, and it was Stan Getz and his song Fiesta. Right, right. And and I go, look at it, you know, and sure enough, it's Chick Corea for sure playing with Stan Getz. And then later that night, he died. And So life is weird, you know?
1: I know, I know. And talking about Stan Getz, I mean, Chick started his career with Lionel Hampton. He was a, like a teenager playing piano with Lionel Hampton. Can you believe that? In the Boston area. So,
0: so what we- about his legacy? What do you think?
1: well it's 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 all encompassing i'm so you if you're just talking about jazz in general every style of jazz that you can imagine he's recorded in performed in and had bands in talk so from the avant garde to latin jazz to jazz rock i mean to brazilian jazz uh i mean it's all encompassing solo piano work duos I mean, it's just ridiculous. And then his compositions become part of the pedagogy in in every university jazz program.
0: Yeah, I came to him from Return to Forever, and they sort of married me to the rock and roll I was adoring at the
1: time, back in the 70s. Right. I became aware of Chick uh, from the Light as a Feather album, that I had told... Moreira, the great Brazilian drummer and percussionist and vocalist, he was on drums. His wife, Flora Purim, was on vocals, but she was also the percussionist. A lot of people think on that album, it's Aerto, oh he overdubbed the percussion. No, that's Flora playing the percussion. Wow. And doing it really well. Yeah, it was a great album. album. Yeah, Stanley Clark was on bass. But then what happened was, as most people know, Ayeto and Flora left, and Joe Farrell was the saxophonist and flute player on that album. He left. They all left to form their own groups. And, as, and Chick at the same time had seen John McLaughlin and the Mahavishnu Orchestra. That blew his mind, the way the electric guitar was being used in a rock, with a rock sound, with distortion, etc. Then he had John, Jan Hammer on the Mini Moog and Defender Rhodes. Billy Cobham with that huge uh, double bass drum kit a la Ginger Baker on steroids. <laughs> Jerry Goodman on the... Uh, on the electric violin, or electrified violin, and then Rick Laird on the bass, who, interest, oddly enough, had been playing with the Buddy Rich big band. <laughs> what a change going to What a change, yeah. John McLaughlin and the Mahavishnu Orchestra. So that inspired him, and that's when he started util- utilizing synthesizers, and he got Lenny White on drums, and he got Bill Connors on electric guitar. And Bill was a jazz guitarist that loved rock as well. And Stanley Clarke was on bass, so that was the second edition of Return to Forever. The edition that you heard, which was more jazz rock oriented, he abandoned Brazilian rhythms. In the Return to Forever, the second edition, they used some Cuban rhythms or alluded to things, but it was mostly balls to the wall. Jazz rock. You know, <laughs> was amazing.
0: And that bass, you know, from Stanley Clark. I mean he I mean he influenced so many people with that slap bass and it was amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was a good time period for the music because uh, it was a Chick, John McLaughlin and the Mahavishnu Orchestra, Herbie Hancock and the Headhunters, they were all gateway drugs to my generation to jazz. Yeah,
0: yeah and so, for yeah. me Larry Coriel too.
1: Oh yeah, Larry Coriel in the eleventh house. Of course, all, all but those, all those guys had come from straight-ahead jazz, from bebop. Yeah, but now they were dressing in the clothes of the day uh, that young people wore those in those days: platform shoes, handkerchiefs around their neck, silk scarves around their neck, etc. <laughs> you know, I mean, and of course that freaked everybody out that was in the jazz establishment at the time, the traditionalists.
0: Yeah, they they weren't having it.
1: Yeah, yeah, but then. Uh, it's just amazing. It's just amazing Chick's uh, uh, depth. So
0: tell me about his style. You know, when you hear him, it's definitely readily identifiable, right? I mean, you when you hear Chick Corea, you know it's Chick Corea.
1: Well, in terms of his piano playing, he, uh, he uses a lot of octaves, which comes from his the influence of Afro-Cuban style piano. He had been influenced by people like Charlie Palmieri that he had met in New York City when he started playing with Mongo Santa Maria. So he and then he is he's very playful the way he plays uh, melodically but he has this other side to him that is very avant-garde and forward thinking a lot of the kind of playing that McCoy made popular with John Coltrane I would say that if you listen to the album now he sings now he sobs that album mm-hmm. Chick did listen to a tune called Matrix and if you listen to that tune, You'll hear that dichotomy happening in chicks playing. The first four bars are this playful angular melody in octaves, and then over some, for the next four bars, there's all these thick chords that are, have all these tensions in them and very modern and progressive. Then the, the, the it repeats again the four bars of the playful angular melody. So, uh, and then they go into some burning up tempo, some of the most burning up tempo playing that I've ever heard. It's Miroslav V. on Bass and Roy Haynes on drums, who Chick loved. Throughout his career, Latin music has always been part of his playing in one way or another. Even in the jazz rock uh, scenario of the second edition of Return to Forever, he had isms that he used from Latin music. Like that right. octave kind of playing.
0: He also borrowed, like, from the Spanish, like they're very heavy classical Spanish. You know, I, I think I when I hear a lot of his compositions, they have that flavor, uh, like like fiesta. Well,
1: yeah, you're talking about you know that started happening in the Light, light as a Feather album with that composition Spain and 500 Miles High, etc. He was very much influenced by flamenco music. Right, he studied that a lot and and was enamored by it. And that music is a lot in minor keys. It's uh, very soulful, and it's very uh, mournful. It has the, the uh, it's the equivalent to the to the blues uh, for us in the United States, but it's the the blues in Spain. So so sure. that always that would always that was always a part of his playing. So I mean those three those three idioms Brazilian music, Afro Cuban music, and Flamenco music were a big part of his playing. The, the interesting thing to me about Chick was that most Latin, most excuse me, jazz musicians dabble with Latin music. They look at it as musical tourists. Chick wasn't like that. As soon as he gets to New York, he gets the gig with Mongo Santa Maria. Nothing is born in a vacuum. He had played some Latin gigs in Boston. But he's in the thick of things in New York City with the cream of the crop of Latin musicians, particularly Mongo Santa Maria. And uh, he became an insider, and he never abandoned that culture or the music. He always utilized it. And I remember I had breakfast with him when I was in Mongo Santa Maria's band. We were staying in the same hotel in Copenhagen. Mongo invites all of us in the band. I'm having breakfast with Chick tomorrow. So we had breakfast with him. And he's talking, and I, and I'm, in my, I'm pinching myself. I'm going, man, I'm having breakfast with Chikure. <laughs> and the first thing out of his mouth, he starts going, "Hey, how's uh, Catalino Rolong?" And Catalino Rolong was a guy that played maracas with the Z- Z- Javier Cugat band in the 1940s. <laughs> I go, how do you know Catalino Rolong? <laughs> Oh yeah, I know him because of, uh, you know I know Rene Lopez and the, the historian and and how's Julito Collazo? How's Victor Venegas? All of these musicians that are in, only insiders would know about. He's asking how they are, because he played with all of them in the nineteen sixties. Wow! So storied career. Yeah, it's a it's a testimony to his his love of not only the music but the culture. I think one of the hippest things one can do. To honor somebody is to ask about them hey how's how how is somebody? sure that makes sense that be interested caring, in him yeah you're interested you care about them if you're loved you will never be forgotten and that's that, that's basically what you can say about chick yeah and that's 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 my chick Corea story
0: so what do you think was if you had to say one thing that was his biggest contribution what would you call it
1: well the totality of his influence Chick is the closest thing you're going to get to a rock star <laughs> in, in, in jazz. And rock stars are influencers in terms of popular culture. Chick was an influencer in terms of jazz culture simply because of the length, the longevity of his career and all of the fascinating, interesting things that he did. He kept evolving, which was just amazing. And then toward the end of his life, he was doing those master classes online Constantly putting out content, it was amazing, just amazing, yeah. amazing. He, he never stopped. Just when you thought he was going to stay in one bag, he turns around and does something else. That's why he had so many different groups and different formats that he played in. So, And then he, uh, he was a fabulous uh, classical musician as well.
0: Yeah, People. I I love the the solo piano stuff he just did not too long ago, and then he did this album with Bella Fleck that was, it blew my mind. I mean, the banjo yeah. and piano. It was some-
1: yeah, my tribute to Chick on the, my show, the Latin Jazz Cruise. I played with Bella Fleck that Adi Barroso, classic Brazilian composition. <laughs> wow, and banjo and Chick playing. That classic Brazilian samba, it worked. <laughs> but it, yeah, it works. It works beautifully. Yeah, yeah. Well, only but- could, I only chick. I I could imagine chick and him getting together. Hey, what do you want to play? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> they're great improvisers, both of them, and they're very. They're not timid. They'll they'll try anything.
1: Right, right, right. I, I must say, chick is just uh, he. The word to describe him. I think if you were to describe it in, in one word, would be ubiquitous on every level, compositionally, playing-wise, arranging-wise, uh, and, and as a band leader, and also as an innovator in terms of how he utilized synthesizer synthesized technology. He and Herbie are very similar in that sense, and they're, they're, they're uh, contemporaries, and they came up together, and oddly enough, they both played with Mongo Santamaria. Hmm interesting really my old boss <laughs>
0: well thanks so much for coming on and talking about Chick I, I really wanted to because he did definitely influence my you know understanding of music so I really wanted to give him his due I hate yeah. doing this obituary radio but you know <laughs> he needs he needs to be uh, honored you know and I thank you for coming on
1: thank you I think Chick is, should be part of everybody's life and if you have a friend that isn't hip to Chick get him hip to yep. Chick
0: that'd be Why don't you set up what we're going to go out with? I want to hear this song, Matrix, to set it up for us.
1: Well, it's Miroslav Vitus, It's uh, Chick on piano and Roy Haynes on drums. And Roy plays such, so ahead of his time in terms of what he's doing on this tune. He doesn't, you know, you're talking about Tony Williams, his contemporaries, Tony Williams, Jack D. Billy Cobham, and... Roy plays completely different than all of those guys, and you're talking about a guy that started his career back in the '40s playing with people like Charlie Parker. Yeah, and he I mean he's still in, around. <laughs> yeah, and he's still and he's playing in this modern context with Chick. No wonder Chick loved him. Uh, it's just an amazing document of, of forward-thinking playing, and all three of them are just virtuosic on, on the piece.
0: Thank you, Bobby Sanabria. And here's Chick Korea with Matrix. WPKN. <laughs>